the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix. And we are, Don has long broadcast from his own secret underground bunker, but with this coronavirus situation, um, involuntarily, going to the studio, is I am now broadcasting from my own secret bunker. Somewhere, but the question is, Greg, are you wearing the mandatory face mask right now? That's for me to know and for you to find out. Because <laughs> I want to stay safe. I do not want to catch anything from you. So you Absolutely. must, you must, you must wear an N95 face mask to keep the rest of us safe. You know, these days, you know, th- things are, you know, things are getting really, really crazy. I know that um, my my cat just brought home twenty four bags of cat litter. This, this nonsense just your, really has to your cat is hoarding cat litter yes but things, are getting, things, things, things are getting really crazy i just just when you here's here's when you need to be concerned when your cat starts bringing home bats from the local wet market that's when you really need to get concerned hmm. same bat soup same bat station Absolutely. Well, all kidding aside, okay. um, this is getting, uh, you know, it's getting serious. We lost a sheriff's deputy this week in uh, Riverside County as a result of the uh, coronavirus. This sheriff's deputy had gone into uh, treatment last week. And this week we learned, sadly, that uh, sheriff's deputy Terrell Young passed away Thursday morning after a week-long battle with the COVID-19 virus. He's the first deputy in the department, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, to test positive for the virus. Uh, He's served Riverside County for 15 years, and obviously our prayers go out to his family, his friends, and the department who dealt with that loss this week and are going to continue to deal with that loss and it's just a reminder close to home that this is something to be taken seriously. Um, I, you know, it, it, we get all kinds of information being in this capacity, some of which we're not sure whether to take seriously or not. But uh, uh, one place you can go in order to get up to date information for Riverside County, at least, is the brand new uh, Riverside University Health System Public Health website, which is rivcoph.org forward slash coronavirus. They have a dashboard there which keeps you up to date as to the press releases from the Riverside Uni- uh, University Health System uh, Public Health Office. Uh, those uh, updates included uh, a brand new testing site that was launched on April 1st. You can learn more about that there. You've got to make an appointment and be presenting symptoms. 
but that includes their press releases, uh, Governor Newsom's orders as far as what is being uh, mandated, and also public health orders that specifically apply to um, Riverside County. I'm not sure. Does San Bernardino have something similar, Greg, that you're aware of? Probably. I, I, I have not looked. You know, there are there are cases and there are cases around. There's not been a lot in the in the in the Inland Empire. There was a nursing home in Yucaipa. They had a there was a had a bunch had a whole bunch of not to say cases yet, but they had a large number of people test positive for the virus. Right. And that made national headlines. That was a big that was a, a big uh it was a big national headline about that uh, nursing home center. Um, dozens of cases out of that. Well, I don't know if there are cases yet. How many cases there are? But there were people. The people had tested positive for the virus, and that's an, and that's an important that is an important distinction. Is that having the virus does not mean that you're going to be sick or seriously sick. The vast majority of people who contract the virus are going to have no symptoms, or they're going to have mild symptoms. And here, and this lies the great difficulty here in making public policy. At the same time, we see these the cases. I mean, you can watch on John Hopkins or Rotometer the number of uh, case reported cases or which ones that are in there uh, are being counted, and the number of fatalities. And that and you watch that go that goes up every, every day. But there's the and we also can now watch the number of jobs being lost in, in the last two weeks. America has there's been 10 million new case report of uh, claims for unemployment insurance, indicating that 10 million jobs have been lost. And the projections are the Federal Reserve was estimating this could go to 32 percent unemployment. In the worst of the Great Depression, it was it was still under 25 percent unemployment. And we're trying to make decisions that are just that are just going to affect vast numbers of people. And you look at some of the projections we've seen of how many people are going to ultimately you know, Americans are going to die from this disease, and it ranges from you know you know they say if you do nothing, projecting one to two million people. But do, but if we if we shut down the economy and cause twenty or thirty percent unemployment, then it's only going to be one to two hundred thousand. And other projections will under under a under a hundred thousand is the extreme level of uncertainty that we face as citizens, or that President Trump or any poli- public policymaker faces in deciding what to do about this. It's one. So if, if, when they come into you, Mr. President, if you don't shut down the economy, one to two million Americans are going to die from this. And someone said, well, maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it won't be that much. Maybe it'll be more. How many jobs are we going to lose? Well, it, you know, it's going to be bad. Is, is it going to get up to uh, I think uh, Goldman Sachs was projecting 15 percent unemployment. But it, and uh, how bad is how bad is it going to be? And you, so you have this extreme level of uncertainty in uh, both the about the economic effects and the health effects of whatever you do. And it's, it's probably it's probably yeah. one of the most difficult challenges. I, I've I've run on for quite a while, so I'll I'll stop and let you talk. 
No, no, no. It's all good. Um, one of the things that you're making a very important point is the level of uncertainty. And so it's very difficult to craft policy when you're dealing with uncertain events like this. Uh, a lot of that uncertainty, uh, you know, you've got governments, you know, our our own county government here in Riverside is trying to figure out, well, where where does this take us right now in Riverside County? The number of cases are doubling every 4.7 days. So taking that out from there was a, a day uh, earlier this week when the number of cases in Riverside County numbered 371. Now, as of Thursday, when we record this show, the number has risen to almost 450. But using that doubling rate and just carrying that doubling rate over into just raw, raw numbers without any uh, effort to modify those raw numbers with um, sort of the natural immunity that begins to happen in the community that blocks the expansion. So somebody that's had it, that's recovered, if they were exposed to it again, they're not going to get it. So if you if you move that number out to, um, you know, a ro- down the road, that creates a a block of the virus expanding because somebody who's gotten it, who, as you said, maybe presented mild symptoms and they were able to overcome it without any issues, that person now has antibodies that can block the future expansion of that. But just projecting at that 4.7 doubling rate, you're looking at down the road at the just the end of April, so 30 days from now, uh, that the currently available ventilators in Riverside County, numbering 172, would be at full capacity, backing up to April 22nd. The current hospital beds available in Riverside County, 1,399, would be at full capacity, backing up to April 12th. The currently available number of ICU beds in Riverside County on April the 12th would be at full capacity. So just using the current doubling number of 4.7, which is actual, which is accurate data based on the current progression in Riverside County of the confirmed cases. Now, there could be people running around without confirmed cases, without confirmation with the disease that fall into what you just described, Greg, which is, you know, people that, you know, thought that they had, you know, what might have amounted to a normal flu where you get, you know, the aches, the pains, the cold, the sneezing and all that. But it never progresses beyond that. You might think you had the normal flu, whereas you actually had COVID and it didn't affect you the way it's affecting some people who go into full respiratory shutdown, get advanced pneumonia, and uh, will pass away from that, as as happened probably for this deputy. But these current numbers, you know, that's what is contributing to a lot of the hysteria that we're seeing and, uh, and, and concern, valid concern. But when you project this out using a 2.5% death rate and a 4.7% doubling, these numbers, you know, in early May get real early, late April and early May get real scary, Greg. They do. But of course, diseases, diseases come and go and they have long before modern medical treatment. So the idea, so it's, it's not going to double every four days forever. At that rate, everybody gets, everybody gets it. And but that, that that just doesn't happen, even if you do nothing, even if you just you say go about your business, let the virus run its course, and we and we're going to have a speaker. We're going to do our Redlands Tea Party Patriots meeting this evening online 
uh, on Thursday evening on, on, on Facebook, and it'll be there on Facebook. Since it's on Facebook Live, it'll still be there and available for viewing um, after you hear the show. And one of our guest speakers is going to be a, is going to be a physician and professor of medicine from Wilmington University, and he believes we should just should have let the virus run its course. And that's what Sweden is doing. I mean, they're not doing totally do nothing, but protect people, you know, protect the ones and people that are most at risk, which are elderly with pre-existing conditions and other people right. that have compromised immune systems. So they're not doing absolutely nothing, but they're, they, they are not shutting down their economy. And they still think they're going to get to 10 percent unemployment because of all the because of all the of all the fallout. So what happens in. It's not so if you if, if you do nothing, you just don't you don't know what's going to happen. And if you and if you do if you shut it down, how much how many people are still going to get the to get the virus? Because it is it is very contagious. It's going to be out there. Dr. Fauci and others have said that he's the head of CDC. That this could very well come back again for a second for a second wave. Come back right. maybe even next fall and, and next season. Do we so do you do you shut down the economy again? Do you leave just leave it? Let's just shut down the economy for years and years and years. Trying to make sure we, we, we you know, we've thoroughly vanquished coronavirus, and at what terrible economic cost. And it's not just a recession. We're running a little bit long here, but a recession or depression imposes not just economic costs, not just loss of jobs, but there's there's health and fatality risks of that. When there's poverty sure. and unemployment. You can't make a high unemployment. You can't maintain an advanced healthcare system. There's increased suicide. There's increased drug and alcohol abuse. Families break up. So there are very people. People are afraid of the virus. People stay away from their seeking medical treatment. So there's a very real health cost and cost in terms of loss of lives, of having another a great depression level or worse unemployment, and that has to be balanced on the other side. And we're now way, way long. So go, go ahead. If you make a point, then we need to come Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. The number of suicides have already spiked as the economy continues to get crushed under the weight of this response to this Wuhan uh, virus, the Chinese virus, as I prefer to call it, living in Corona. But you're you're absolutely right. There's a whole body of thought that's emerging that's saying that perhaps shutting down the economy and requiring people to shelter at home was not the best strategy overall, that it would have been better to shelter those most, uh, you know, um, susceptible to this. And even as these numbers for coronavirus explode, for the COVID virus and the, the Chinese virus that uh, are, are exploding, so are the numbers for influenza right here in this country and across the globe. Num- those numbers still eclipse the uh, COVID virus. But, you know, we're taking this one a lot more seriously. And the reason is you've got that two-week period that people can transmit the disease without knowing they're transmitting it. And the variability of those people who do catch the disease as to whether or not it's just like a ordinary flu or they uh, they succumb to some of these other diseases, secondary diseases like pneumonia, that are the result. We need to take a break right now, but we will come back with more after a word from our sponsor. Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. 
Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE Radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. This week, as President Trump continues to do his briefings from the White House and Governor Newsom continues to do his briefings now doing them on Facebook Live, Governor Newsom has been asked, has Governor, has President Trump been responsive? Has the Trump administration been responsive? Everybody wants to corner these governors uh, into saying something negative about the Trump administration. And so far, Governor Newsom has not complied. He has said on numerous programs that the Trump administration has been meeting every single need that the state of California has presented to the Trump administration. So Governor Newsom giving high marks to the Trump administration. But during one of the press conferences this week was this little pearl where a Bloomberg reporter asked the governor about the possibility of ushering in a new round of progressive policies. And here's how that exchange went. I'm wondering if you see the potential, as some others in your party do, for a new progressive era, if you want to call it that, in um national politics and policy and whether there's the opportunity for additionally progressive steps, um, such as the ones that I listed on the national and state level uh, going forward, you know, because of this crisis. You know, we've had some uh, very deep uh, policy conversations in this space now for weeks. Uh, Let us remind, despite the fact that California was running uh, historic uh, economic output in terms of our GDP growth, in terms of our net uh, well, from job creation to low unemployment to record reserves, surpluses, uh, the wealth uh, distribution, the income inequality uh, was not something that was substantially improving. And that's the case across the rest of the world. As IT and globalization detonate at the same time, you're seeing that concentration in fewer and fewer hands, the middle class feeling squeezed. Increasingly, the trend lines were suggesting what is self-evident become a headline, and that is we were going from a three-class society to a two-class society. So something was fundamentally flawed in that global context, manifested quite acutely here in the state of California, the richest and the poorest state with a number of the most impoverished metros in the country. And we've long been struggling to address those issues. So I see this quite 
substantively through that lens, that equity lens, looking at those folks that never fully recovered. You look at medium wages for folks uh, coming out of 08, 09 and the Great Recession that haven't fully recovered, even today that are struggling. Uh, and so what is going to happen to those folks in this current crisis? Uh, and what's the opportunity to your question uh, for reimagining uh, a more progressive era as it relates to uh, capitalism. And I'm, I'm a capitalist. I'm a small business owner. I'm a job creator. Well, my customers are the job creators. I'm a beneficiary of their support. Uh, and that helps build that demand that allows me to hire more people. And so as a former business owner, now governor, uh, I have had that experience and I have that appreciation of the importance uh, of consumer confidence, consumer spending, and a vibrant middle class. And so, yes, forgive me for being long-winded, uh, but absolutely, we see this as an opportunity to reshape uh, the way we do business and how we govern. And that shouldn't put shivers up the spines of, you know, one party or the other. I think it's an opportunity anew for both parties to come together and meet this moment and really start to think more systemically, not situationally, not just about getting out of this moment, but more sustainably and systemically to consider where we can go together this historic moment if we meet it at a national level and a state and subnational level. So answer is yes. Greg? Well, as uh, Rahm Emanuel, who was Obama's first chief of staff, said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Absolutely. You, you look at what happened, the the shut down the economy policies are causing are, are going to cause a depression how long it is we shall see how long how long do they want to shut down the economy for some of them are talking months of shutting down the economy rather than reopening it in by the end of, at the end of april so we'll see how long this lasts and we're like we're in an un, I don't, I've, we've never seen anything like this before where the government literally tries to shut down the economy literally tries to cause a depression at the same time is throwing in spending huge amounts of money, printing and borrowing and spending huge amounts of money unprecedented economic situation and how it plays out but in the great depression what happened well, actually the roosevelt's policies did very little and his uh, his Treasury Secretary said eight years in, says, well, <laughs> we spent all this money and incurred all this debt. It hasn't been any good. Unemployment is just as high as it was when we, when we came in. But what it did do is it vastly expanded government. And all sorts of things were set up during that time. And government, the federal government in particular, became much larger, much more powerful. The Supreme Court ended up just wiping away all the essentially all restrictions on what the Constitution allows the federal government to do, which had originally been set up to be to be limited in certain things, reserving most of the power and governance to to the states. And by the time by the time Roosevelt left, it was essentially at that point the federal government can do per near anything it wants to. And I think they see this they see this opportunity. Um, the uh, majority whip in the House, James Clyburn, said essentially the same thing. This is a quote. This is a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision, close quote. Right. And what that vision looks like is yet to be determined. I know some things, but when he talks about income inequality in, a, in the middle class society that's struggling 
and cites the fact that you have uh, a, a California that is is on the verge of being a two class society. It's the very policies of California already that are chasing the middle class out, the high tax rates, the low standard of living, education policies that are disenfranchising parents and on and on and on. And I have one question for Governor Newsom. If he really is serious about trying to do what he needs to do, those people who believe in progressive policies tend to be millennials. Why did he sign AB5? Why did he sign a policy that would cut jobs off from that very middle class, those aspiring young people who are are burdened with all that debt? Why would he shut down the emergence of this gig economy that many people were depending on for their jobs? Opportunity to reshape, you bet. Sustainability, tell us what you're going to do about, tell us what you're going to do about the, um, the the brand new emerging pension debt, uh, the crisis there as the returns are collapsing in CalPERS and CalSTRS and a brand new uh, hole is emerging in our pension plan. You're not even talking about that one. Uh, that's, you know, you use the word sustainable. Our pension plans are unsustainable. We've got to take a hard break right here. We will be back with more about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on California and how we in our communities are facing what might be a brand new normal as we emerge from this pandemic months down the road. More after the break. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and even and maybe especially in this time of trying to figure out the balancing of the, and the uncertainty of how to address the health concerns of and the risks of coronavirus versus the risks and costs of the coronavirus, quote, cure, unquote, which is essentially to cause a economic depression with the resulting costs of jobs and health and lives and increased government debt and increased government and decreased freedom 
one of the things that has struck me is, is you see, this has really brought out the inner totalitarian in politicians all across the country and, in fact, around the world. And, wow, we, got, we, have, this, we, we have an opportunity here to tell, to t- tell people how to live, how to do business, how not to do business. And people, wow, this is a crisis. Wow, gee, we have coronavirus. I better comply with, I better comply with what the government tells me to do. Um, as, as, as I've written, the, the um, coronavirus is much, much better than climate change. If your purpose yeah, this- is to government and restrict freedom. Oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, as as the we've said on this show over the past couple of years that with the Trump administration, uh, what we're beginning to see, they've scraped back the protective coding on all of the advances that progressives slash totalitarians slash socialists slash uh, Marxists have made over the last uh, number of decades. You know, and a lot of that history you can trace back into the early 1900s, even with the establishment of the government school system. All of those advances are now becoming so much more transparent in this current crisis, this uh, pandemic due to COVID-19. We're beginning to, once again, see areas where uh, this institutionalized progressivism is getting exposed, particularly in the way that the media is handling this. There is a a call right now on the part of Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi to begin investigations anew into the administration's COVID-19 response, saying it was too late. It wasn't enough. They didn't take it seriously. We need to investigate this. Our president was one of the first people to shut down travel from China. Our president was one of the first pres- one of the first world leaders to call this for what it was a national health crisis back in the middle of January. So in terms of getting out in front of this, they did that. Did he say some things along the way that this was going to pass, that this was going to um, that we were going to emerge from this rather quickly? Yes. But you know what? You had uh, leaders in states around this country that didn't take this seriously either. You had leaders, even Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco in the beginning of February saying, you know, don't stay at home, come out and enjoy the Chinese New Year celebration. This is no reason for panic. So at the same time that you've got San Fran Nan calling for a Trump administration investigation, Remember those three fingers. When you point at somebody, you got three pointing back at you, unless you have a disjointed thumb, in which you case you would have four fingers pointing back at you. When you when you point the finger, San Fran Nan, at the Trump administration, how about a full investigation into the way that you responded to this? How about a full investigation into the fact that while you were ceremoniously on a silver platter walking the House's uh, impeachment uh, documents over to the Senate in this solemn procession was the very same day that Donald Trump declared a national emergency into the uh, COVID-19, the very same day. And you embarked, you forced uh, us to embark on a Senate trial that completely obscured the fact that China was was in, involved in a full-fledged panic in Wuhan, shutting down that entire city, while our nation and the media was completely transfixed on this entire 
Senate trial, Wuhan was shut down. We didn't hear any of that. Why? Because you forced this country into a meaningless uh, impeachment process that we finally emerged from only to find out, oh, guess what? There's a brand new virus that's sweeping the world. How about we investigate you for that? I'm done. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm so over these people. Yeah, and I, I, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll play it. This will be a good time to play it. Is you, have a, you have a clip of a montage of the Democrat propagandists in the mainstream media through January, February, and into March uh, downplaying the, the threat of coronavirus. And, of course, after the fact, they'll go, well, sure, yeah, look at this. You, know, you, 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 know, you, should, you should have done something earlier. I'm not clear, of course, they're not clear, exactly clear on what he should have done earlier. And the things he did do, like restricting travel from China – where the where the, where the uh, virus originated, they they condemned that. Oh, can't do that, can't do that. Uh, you're you know back to your standard standard epithet of oh he, he, you're a racist because you want to restrict travel from a place where a potentially dangerous disease is prevalent. Yeah, so they, they're not they're not going to they're not going to play really well with that. But that's that's good opportunity. Why don't we play the clip that you have, Don, of the uh, Democrat propagandists in the mainstream media? The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are hardy people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm-hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There's very little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu. So we're telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. And certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. If you had to, would you close down the borders? No. We need to be honest about the American people with the American people about the fact that we can't keep people coming here from China. And transmission is not that easy. I think there's been a misperception um, that coronavirus hangs in the air waiting to catch you. No, it takes direct person-to-person contact. We also know that if it were likely to be transmitted casually, we would be seeing a lot, a lot more, more cases. cases. Right, right, because yeah. this is New York and you're in elevators exactly. and trains exactly. with, with everybody all the time. Some of the first voices you heard in that clip was a New York health official in a press conference outside of the uh, city hall, essentially telling New Yorkers to go about their business, that there was no risk. In fact, she at the very end, you hear her say, I'm going to go to the, you know, the Chinese New Year parade. Everybody should, too. And you hear the cheers from everybody saying, yes, go out and celebrate. And then, of course, mixed into there was Nancy Pelosi. You had uh, uh, journalists from CNN and NBC, MSNBC saying no big risk. You had uh, government officials, even including Nancy Pelosi in there, saying no 
big deal. And now all of a sudden, what? Nancy Pelosi wants to turn this into a political event. Adam Schiff wants to turn this into a political event. They want to convene a commission in order to investigate uh, the Trump administration response. That's full on BS. When every one of them were saying no big deal and the Trump administration to Donald Trump saying similar things during February and into March. You had the very same people that now want to go after the Trump administration saying the very same thing, Greg. Absolutely. And we've, we've talked about this before, is the the Democrats and their propagandists in the mainstream media can say one thing one day and they'll all be on. The, they'll all be reciting the same talking points the next day. They can turn 180 degrees and with equally straight faces say exactly the opposite thing, whatever serves Whatever they think at the moment serves their political interests. And this, what you're, fortunately for video and audio recording, you know, at least there's a record of what that is. Of course, the mainstream media will never call a Democrat politician to account. So, well, sir, you know, two weeks ago, you said exactly the opposite of what you're saying now. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And that, that never, ever happens. But right. more, and more, more strategically, more strategically is mm-hmm. aside from trying to gain momentary political advantage or even trying to use this situation and the resulting becoming depression to try to defeat Donald Trump in this year. And that may or may not happen. We have unprecedented situation. Normally, a depri- economic recession or depression is really bad for the incumbent president. But in this situation where it's caused by an extraneous fact an extraneous event over which he has no control the this coming of this virus how that all plays out i don't know but in the longer run what it does is it offers the opportunity to expand government and as you destroy private sector jobs you create more government dependent people for some on the far left that, that really hate this country and don't like this country it really diminishes the country is if the Federal Reserve is right and you're going to have 32% unemployment and the GDP is going to go down 20 or 30% in this quarter, uh, that's, that, that, serves, that, serves that, that serves that interest. Uh, people, as I mentioned before, people are so much more willing to change their lifestyle because of coronavirus that they would never be willing to do about all the hectoring and haranguing they get on climate change. Yeah, they, they may say, yeah, let's do something about climate change, they should, but, but they're going to get in their car tomorrow morning and go to work. Just right. the same. They're going to run Let's their quick Let's just take a quick break here because we've got a lot more that I want to try to get to in our last segment. But um, I, there are uh, you've got the World Health Organization that is actually cozying up to China. Uh, you've got uh, hospitals and their response. The Virginia governor who says gun stores aren't a, a necessary uh, business, but yet let's continue uh, allowing women to have voluntary procedures called abortions. And then a conversation about what does all this mean in terms of our sort of new normal as we emerge from this. We might already be getting some indications of what that is as we continue on the Unite IE radio show here on AM 590 after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. Or as uh, Tucker Carlson calls the governor of, uh, of Virginia, uh, Governor Klan robes blackface. <laughs> after yes, that, and we'll get and we'll get back into all that after this word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly 
the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And people are doing all sorts of new things. You're staying at home. Many people are becoming uh, first-time homeschoolers. And I was—I just read a report the other day of a of a, of a, uh, from, a from a mother that was doing first-time uh, homeschooling, and she reported that uh, on the first day, two students were suspended for fighting, and one teacher was fired for drinking on the job. <laughs> I saw a similar meme. It showed uh, it showed the first day of phys ed, and uh, Dad had inflated four mattresses in the living room and was jumping off of the balcony onto the mattresses as. Uh, uh, introduced. There's a lot of humor in the American spirit. And what I keep wondering, Greg, about is the new normal. What is the new normal that we are going to experience here as uh, Americans? I think that's an important part of our conversation, because just like the progressives would like to remold America in their progressive uh, vision using this using the never let a crisis go to waste uh, mantra. Uh, there's an article in the Washington Examiner that says that le- less than 15% would return to normal life if Corona life restrictions were lifted. Now, I think Americans, and there's another companion article to this that I saved. I'm, I'm, I'm bookmarking tons of articles that are beginning to talk about um, this quote unquote norm, new normal. The Federalist has an article uh, showing that amid coronavirus lockdowns, neighborhoods are coming to life again where you see uh you know neighbors uh neighborhoods playing music and everybody's out dancing in the streets maintaining their six foot distance but uh neighborhoods are are coming to life across the country i think one of the things that um i'll pass this conversation on to you with is i was feeling during the last year that we were entering sort of this crescendo this climactic uh, feeling of hecticness of where do we go from here? And I was, you know, even the feeling of the political environment, you know, how far can can this um, this er- this divided era go before this division results in, you know, hand to hand combat in the streets? You know, Republic, you know, conservatives and liberals punching it out, which was already starting to happen up in uh, Portland, Oregon with Antifa. Uh, you know, going out and uh, and beating up people that were holding peaceful rallies. This is establishing what I'll call sort of this new normal. That 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 pressure that I felt building has almost instantaneously been let out. 
And I'm, I've been meeting neighbors I didn't know. This new normal, I think, is going to usher in, along with this homeschool thing, um, what about schooling? Parents uh, now having to homeschool that never had, that were intimidated about it, that are going to find new aspects of homeschooling ushering in you know, a very important relationship that was beginning to crumble, that between parent and child, as you know, our government school system was trampling on parents' rights. Now, all of a sudden, parents have their kids back and are teaching them. Um, where does all this lead? Good question, and that's it's as uncertain as the uncertainty we talked about in how bad is the disease, how bad is it going to get, what would happen if we pursued a policy of Sweden, which basically says, yeah, you know, take some precautions, particularly if you're at re- particularly at risk. Or we're not shutting down the economy. Brazil has done basically the same thing. Versus what would happen, what, what's, what the effect is going to be if by basically largely shutting down our economy, which we've done and many other and many other countries have done. And the same, just as much uncertainty lies in what happens next. And in part, it's going to depend upon do people have jobs to go back to. Right. If, if 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 we lift this by the end of by at the end of April and say, okay, you know, yep, so more people are going to die from this disease, but we have to balance that against the costs and risks of the cure, not just in dollars, not just in jobs, but in health and in lives too. If from from a from a from a, from a serious economic depression that has real costs, suicides, broken homes, drug and alcohol abuse. And just not inability inability to afford health care. A poor country, a country in a great in a depression, cannot afford free health care for everyone. Cannot afford first rate health care for everyone. So there there are real costs on both sides. So coming out of this, now just for for example, you and I are doing this show and uh, from our own homes, and. You've done this for a while because you have your daily show and you have some more, some fairly advanced and expensive equipment at home to allow you to do this. But I'm doing this through my through my laptop and a program called Zoom. And right. So so we're, and we're, we're so I know I didn't live that far from the station, but we're able to do this radio show as good as it ever is. And, you know, we, you know, like we say, our talent is on loan from God, like Rush, although be at the micro loan department. So as other people are saying, OK, really, I, can, I don't ha- I don't have to go into the office or maybe I don't have to go into the office five days a week. Maybe I can get away with going in one, two or three days a week. Right. And otherwise work from home and be just as productive. And when I'm home, gee, yeah, I can I, I have time. I can supervise the children in in homeschool. And if that if that if we get more children out of the government run schools where they are being dumbed exactly. down academically, patriotically, religiously and morally into homeschooling, we get better schools and they're taught better values and they're taught love of country and then they're taught about how what a great country America is, not perfect, but great. That might that might even be the worth the cost and the economic cost that we're going to pay for for this, because like immigration, the failure to transmit to the next generation the values of being an American and belief in the country and a, the, a shared history is a, it, it, it poses an existential risk to the future of the country. So that you know, right. cost might even be worthwhile 
if if that if that was to happen. Tough to uh, tough to say. I mean, I hate to have I just say that in light of the fact that we have so many people that are uh, succumbing to this illness. But let's be re- you know let's have that uh, very real conversation about what what is the cost i mean right now we still have an influenza that's circulating the 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 globe how many people uh have passed away as a result of what we now call the common flu the common flu has its own set of costs uh and worldometers i'm going to pull this up in a second worldometers tracks a variety of different uh you know causes of death everything from uh, transportation accidents that include car accidents to deaths due to cigarette smoking and alcohol. Um, right now, seasonal flu deaths this year, 123,000 across the world. Deaths of children under five, 1.9 million. Abortions this year alone, 10.7 million. Deaths of mothers during childbirth, 78,000. Now, these are all across the world. Uh, still big numbers, 78,000, uh, 425,000 deaths due to HIV and AIDS that we theoretically have beaten. Now, they're talking about using this uh, drug uh, that's typically used to treat malaria along with the ZPAC, the uh, azithromycin, as being a cure for uh, possibly a cure for coronavirus for people that are diagnosed with that. But yet, even though we have a cure for malaria, how many people this year so far have died of malaria across the world? 248,000 people. Compare that to the number of global deaths due to coronavirus, 51,000. So, you know, now the projections go through the roof when if this disease is allowed to circulate the planet unabated. So that's the reason for this, uh, you know, clamping down. But still, you know, are we are we sacrificing the world economy, the American economy for this? I don't know. But this new normal, I kind of invite it. Well, um, we don't know what we there's, there's so much uncertainty on this. And uh, you look at uh, the, so far this year in the world, there have been 14.8 million deaths from all causes versus 50,900 as of this morning on Thursday from that are attributed to coronavirus. Right. So, you know, and just a couple other little numbers here. Yeah, out of the 217,000 cases this morning in the U.S., your chances of, of being one of those cases are 0.068% in the United States. There are 5,151 coronavirus deaths attributed, and your chances of, of being of, in America being one of those is 0.0016%. So it's perspective. Understand that they're, they're, they're right. balanced the risks and costs of, of coronavirus, but also you can't ignore the risks and costs of the coronavirus cure. It's, it's true, and we are up against a hard break called the end of the show, and I just want to wish everyone out there uh, to stay safe, uh, heed the, the real, very real important warnings of our health officials, um, wear your masks if you go out, do your best, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. 
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1016588. Arizona, MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590. The answer.